The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. So we're uh, we're kind of bringing our blessed life uh, conversation to an end. Have you guys enjoyed uh, the series? Oh my gosh! I mean, the the book. Um, what God has been teaching us as a staff and, and just seeing uh, these, these amazing acts of compassion and, and, uh, and whatnot over these last few weeks, man, God is really just turning uh, our hearts towards generosity and what it looks like um, to give freely to Him. So um, I'm honored to be able to share with you this morning. And, uh, and what I'd like to do is let's just take a minute and pray before uh, we do anything else. God, you're already here, and we continue to invite your presence to be in this place, Lord. Thank you, God, as we just sang for the cross. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for the sacrifice, God, and thank you so much that you gave, God, and we want to celebrate that this morning. We want to leave this place singing your praises, God as we have already done, Lord, and as we hear your word this morning, I just invite you to move, God. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you have to say today. Spirit, you have freedom in this place, Lord. We love you in your name. Amen. All right, so we're in the home stretch, right, heading toward Christmas. Um, I can't believe that Christmas is already here. It's like blowing my mind. It's just a few days away, and, and I love uh, this time of year. I love the family get-togethers and the good food and the 15 pounds that I gain pretty much consistently every year uh, with this whole thing going on and whatnot, and I love um, Happy birthday, Jesus. Come on, y'all know that song. Don't lie. You know that song. Happy birthday, Jesus. Um, always, you know, growing up in church, it was always like some little five-year-old that would get up there. Happy birthday. And sing that song every year. Um, but uh, uh, one of the most interesting things that I've kind of noticed along the way is, is this tension that happens between giving gifts and receiving gifts, all right? There's this tension between giving and receiving. Like, like some of us are not exactly sure uh, who we need to be giving gifts to. Like, we understand our family and those kind of things, but what about those, like, fringe people, you know, that you know, but you're not really sure, like, is it appropriate? Do I give a gift or not? And then the inevitable happens, and someone gives you a gift that you did not intend to buy a gift for, right? And then you're like, oh, no. Uh, Starbucks gift card, send it via email real quick. You know what I'm saying? Um, who, who likes getting gifts? You can be brave about it, right? All right who likes receiving gifts? Same thing, right? right, right. Yeah. Who likes giving gifts? Awesome. That's cool. So um, as a kid, I remember basically uh, one thing that was going through my mind uh, during the Christmas season, okay? And it was this, get presents. 
That was it, all right? That was the, the one singular track focus that I had as a kid, get presence, all right? That was my goal in life, all right? I'm not going to sugarcoat this at all. Um, yes, Christmas is about Jesus, all right? And my family uh, taught me about those things, but as a child, the reason that I got excited about Jesus' birthday was because I got his presence, all right? That was why, when I'm a kid, like, man, get presence. That's my goal, um, you you know that we don't have to teach a kid to be selfish, right? Um, but the funny thing is, is, is I continue to kind of grow up and, and mature a little bit, just a teeny bit, not much. But um, I began to realize that getting presents is not what this whole thing is about. It's not just about getting presents. Like, like for instance, as a dad now, I've got two kids. I love watching my children get gifts, I love to be the guy to give my child a gift, right? Parents in the room, I love giving gifts to, to my children. Last week, um, this whole last week, our small groups have been basically boots on the ground. Um, this entire week, we've been at Open Door Ministry. We've been at Salvation Army. We've been at Crisis Pregnancy Center. We've been at all these nonprofits throughout this week, and we've been serving our community. We have been giving our community, and I just, I love that. Last night, last night, all right, I sat with a few hundred people and had the Spirit of God move under a bridge with a bunch of homeless people. Man, that was powerful. To be able to sit back and give freely and watch as our band worships, people receive food and clothing, and we hug and we embrace, and I see people over in the side praying for each other. Man, that is what this thing is about. It's about giving. It's funny how things change as you grow up. If you got your Bibles, um, go ahead and, and turn to First uh, Kings chapter 3. It'll be on the screen for you. It's in the Old Testament. And, and, and what I want to do this morning as we're kind of continuing the blessed life and, and, and coming to an end, I want to unpack, all right, a fairly uh, familiar story, okay? So to kind of catch you up with where we're at, we're jumping kind of right in the middle of this story. David was the king of Israel, okay? David is, uh, was the king of the nation of Israel, and he recently died, okay? And his second oldest son, Solomon, has taken over. Okay, not his oldest son, but his second oldest son has taken over the throne. His name's Solomon. Solomon is a, a young man. He's wanting to do the right thing. He's wanting to follow after the footsteps of his dad. And, and in this, this kind of story that we're going to be looking at, just a few verses, he's beginning to feel the weight of the, of the huge shoes that he's got to fill. All right, King David was, was highly regarded as a great king of Israel. And so Solomon is coming in to fill his shoes and he's feeling the weight of this. And so it says, uh, jumping, like, like I said, midstream, in 1 Kings 3, uh, verse 5, it says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. All right, so a couple things. In, that, uh, in other words, God is giving Solomon a, a blank check. What, what do you want me to give you? 
Solomon. Imagine Donald Trump or Bill Gates or some other million, trillion billionaire walking in the room and handing you a blank check. Hey, fill out whatever amount you want to give. Whatever you want to get. Fill out whatever amount you would like. Don't lie. How many of you have played the lottery thinking, if I win, right, then, then I'm going to give a bunch of it away. And I'm, I'm going to bless some other people. And, and man, if, if I could just get that, if I could just be, be rich like that, man, I, I would, I'd get people out of debt, right? I would, I would help starving kids in Africa. I, I would do all of these things. So why hasn't one of us won it yet? <laughs> See, because money has nothing to do with it. Did you know that we can be generous right now? <laughs> regardless of what our bank account says? Because, friends, what God was asking Solomon in this is the exact same thing that he is asking you and I. What do you want me to give you? That same question that God posed to Solomon thousands of years ago, he is asking you. What do you want me to give you? Here's your blank check. What do you want? What are you asking of God? What do you want from him? What are you here for this morning? (laughs) Why does God ask this? Because he wants us to acknowledge why it is that we're coming to him. Because in us acknowledging why we come to God, it brings our motives to the table. You want to get rich? You want a nice house? You want a better job? You want a better marriage? You want this? You want that? God wants to know, why are you coming to him today? Because you see, why we come to God is just as important as the act itself. He wants to know our motivation. (laughs) And you see also, God loves to give good gifts. I know that for a fact because in Matthew 7, it says God loves giving good gifts to his children. We know that God wants to give us great and mighty and powerful gifts. But you see, what happens is many times, unfortunately, our eyes and our hands are so full of the things of this world that when we look to Christ and when we go to reach for him, our hand is already full of the desires of the things of this world, so full that we can't grasp Jesus himself. Why are you coming to God today? It goes on in verse 6, and Solomon says, in his prayer, God says, what do you want? Here's the check. Solomon says, you've shown great and steadfast love, your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. 
and you've kept for him a, this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. See, the funny thing about David's faithfulness and righteousness and uprightness of heart is as I was reading this scripture and studying this week, I remembered where Solomon came from. Anybody know the story? Solomon was the product of an illegitimate marriage. David's hanging out one night when he should have been at war with his army, and he sees Bathsheba bathing. Now listen, if you want to blame David, that's fine. Um, I think Bathsheba probably had a little bit to do with it also. (laughs) Um, But uh, he says, I like her and I would like to have her. And lo and behold, a child is born. David freaks out, sends Bathsheba's husband into the front lines of battle, and he dies. So Solomon is the product of an illegitimate marriage that resulted in a murder. And yet, David is called faithful and righteous and uprightness of heart. (laughs) You see, where we have a tendency to get off track is in our understanding of sin management. David wasn't faithful and righteous and upright because he didn't sin. He was known as those things simply because when he was confronted with his sin, he simply chose God. He never turned his back on his father. Later on down the road, we see Solomon building temples to other gods because his wives were pushing him and coercing him to do this. He's, he literally began turning his back on the one true God. You see, God simply wants us to know. He is simply asking us, do you choose him? Are you going to sin in this life? Absolutely. I continually mess up. I sin. We all miss the mark, but it's not about missing the mark. You see, Jesus covered that when he died on the cross. It's not about sin management, how good or how bad I am, or whether the scale weighs in my favor. It's about at the end of the day, do you choose God? Does your heart long to be with your father? That's what what God is asking Solomon. What do you want from me? Why are you coming here? Friends, today, what do you want from God? Is it the earnest desire of your heart to be with him and to be close to him? Or is it something else? Verse 7, it goes on, says, Solomon said, And now, O Lord my God, you've made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child, the king of Israel just called himself a little kid. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. You see, I love this. Because in this statement, Solomon made it very clear that he was willing to accept God's will for his life. Sure, you might say that's easy because he was king, 
right? It, it, would it be easy to be the king, right? Um, think about this. Literally, the weight of an, enti- of an entire nation is, is, is sitting on this man's shoulders. His father, David, had ruled with righteousness and uprightness and always chose God, even when confronted with his sin. And he's feeling this pressure like, I don't even know what to do. I'm a little kid. I don't know how to go out or come in, which means I don't know how to decide when to go to war. I don't know how to manage the affairs of a nation. Now, we might not be managing affairs of nations, but have you ever felt that way? Like, God, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm here for. Why am I here? What is going on, God? God isn't asking you to figure it out. God is asking you to humbly accept where he has placed you in this life. He's asking you to be content with him and nothing more. The beauty of this is because what Jesus has done for us, you can literally have smoke crack last night and turn and find Jesus right now. Doesn't matter how far you go. Doesn't matter how deep your sin is. Doesn't matter how high you think you are climbing on your stair of religiosity. Guess what? God is here waiting for you to turn to him. To simply and humbly accept where you are at and say, God, I just want more of you. It's not I need a better job. It's not I need a better life. It's not I need this, I need that. It's God, I just need you to be my dad. And I need you to take care of my life. That's why he's asking us this morning this question. You see, the beauty in this is Solomon's humble willingness to come to God recognizing he has no clue what he's doing. Here's the thing. If you feel completely competent in your own strength in what you are currently doing, then there's one of two problems. Either one, you're doing the wrong thing. If you feel completely comfortable in your own strength to continue on in your life, then either one, you're doing the wrong thing. God's not pushing you enough. You're not being aware of God pushing you out of your comfort zone. Or number two, you're arrogant. You think that this whole thing weighs on your shoulders and you're spinning the plates and you're good at it. Solomon, ruling a nation, said, I'm a child, God. I don't even know what I'm doing. By the way, little side note, in Hebrew, the original text, the original language in which the Old Testament was was written in, The word blessed means to kneel. You want to know what a blessed life looks like? It's this. God, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'll never be. I can't lead a nation. I can't lead my family, God. 
But if I want to understand what it means to be blessed, if I want to be able to, to have my eyes and my heart and my mind open to what God has for me in this life, it's not in how high you can climb or how great you think you can become. It's in how low you can get under the servanthood, under the sonship and the daughtership of the Father who is inviting you to be led in such a blessed way. Are you willing to kneel? (laughs) And then, as if this wasn't enough, verse 9 blows me away. See, Solomon recognizes what he needs to do in order to be blessed. And then he humbly asks God one request. He says, God, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I might discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? <laughs> when, it, when it says, give your servant an understanding mind, I love that. Because the word understanding literally means to actively listen with the intent to be obedient. That's what it means to understand something. To actively wait and listen with the intention of being obedient when you get a word. He says, God, give me an understanding mind. Our mind is the heart. It is the, the, the throne of our thought center. It is the, it's the place where our emotions live and where we drive. Literally, in the Hebrew, it means our heart. It means our, our innards. It means the, the middle of everything that we have. And so simply what Solomon is saying, in other words, let the throne of my life be actively listening and obedient to you. I want to kneel down, Lord, and understand what it means to be blessed. And I want to actively wait and listen. Let the throne of my life be obedient to you, Jesus. The ultimate mark of the blessed life is this. Receiving in order to give. Receiving so that we might give. You see, this is diving to the depths of spiritual maturity in Christ when our prayer becomes to actively and humbly submit to whatever God has for us so that we might utilize it to further his kingdom, that is when Christ is moving in a powerful way in our life. (laughs) You see, as we get older in Christ, as we mature in our faith, it's no longer about get presence. It's about be in his presence. 
It's about do whatever it takes to come under the lordship of God, to let him lead your life, to recognize, God, I don't have a clue what's going on. I'm just a child, God. But you have the answers. And if you would give me the answers, guess what? I'll turn right back around and give it out. That's what Solomon was asking for. I need to receive an understanding mind so that I might lead your people well. He was wanting to glorify God with his actions so that he might show God's glory to the people that he led. I don't know how many times I have literally laid on my floor saying, God, I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a pastor. I don't know how to do anything that you're calling me to do. I feel extremely small and incompetent and not able to do what you're asking me to do, God. But because you've called me to do it, just like Solomon was called to be the king of Israel, God, because you, this is what you have for me in my life, because you've given me a beautiful wife and two amazing children, in a ministry to be a part of, God, because you've seen fit to put me in this place, God. I don't want to stand on this stage and continue to pedestalize myself and get higher and get higher and look better and look like I have the answers and like I'm perfect. No. I want to lay on the ground and go, God, please lead me. Please give me what you would have for me today because I cannot do it on my own. You want to know what it looks like to be blessed? Get down. Surrender. You're here for a reason this morning. God has called you to this place this morning. And he's asking you a simple question. What do you want me to give you? You want the things of this world? You want your hand to be so full of the world and your eyes to be so full of all of these things that will leave you unfulfilled and and all of these kind of things? Do you want that? Or do you want me? I will fill you completely. I'm a generous father. (laughs) I will give you exactly what you need. And if you humbly submit, I'll show you how I'm giving you what you need. And that's what our call is this morning. (laughs) That's why Jesus came, right? So that we might accept him in faith and that that we might give it away. (laughs) The beauty about this is you don't have to be anywhere other than where you're at at this moment to humbly say, God... Here I am. I just need you. I just need you. I'm sorry for trying to take control. I don't even know how to lead, God. I just need you. (laughs) If you would bow your head and close your eyes. The challenge is simple this morning.
we're going to sing a song. It's called, I Give You My Heart. And I just want you to process on that and think on that this morning. But if, if you've never accepted Christ, if you've never said, I want to follow him, I, I, I've screwed my life up. I know what happens when I try to lead and, and I just want to give that away and, and I want to give it to God. If that's you this morning, if you walked in here and you didn't know Jesus, but all of a sudden God is pulling on your heartstrings at this moment, today's your day to simply kneel and give him everything so if that's you this morning would you raise your hand so that we can pray for you so that we can pray with you amen amen if that's you today in your heart say this with me God I messed up and I want to give you everything. I'm tired of leading my life. And I want you to be on the throne. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Thank you for your salvation today. In your name, amen. Hey guys, um, welcome uh, someone into the family of Christ this morning. Dang right. So, those of you who are following Jesus, we're going to sing this song. And if you have business to do, like you need to to get off the throne because you've been trying to lead hardcore, this altar is for you this morning. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. Listen, none of us is staring down at you uh, in judgment, okay? We've all been there. So if that's you this morning, as we sing this song, I give you my heart. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, come lay it down and worship to him.